Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, even Saturday. Noble Knight is a brick and mortar game store. Support small businesses that also exists online. Open 24 7 on the web. They have DD and other cool RPGs. Any edition, any game. Even out of print products. And at a discounted price. That's out of control. Have a bunch of old game products collecting dust. Dangerous allergen. Noble Knight will buy the old stuff you aren't using anymore. Looking at you, Indiana Jones RPG. So go to NobleKnight.com and get by it and sell it. Take back your life and tell them the Tone Show sent you. Welcome to D&D VNG, the only podcast about licensed Dungeons & Dragons video games. Joining me today, live at a table in my parents' basement, <laughs> is Vegas Lancaster. That's a me! My co-host and my brother, Alex Basso. It's made also my parents' basement. Your parents' well. basement as well. And our good friend, joining us for the first time, Ray Fallon. Hey guys, it's nice to be here. It's an honor. I don't know you don't know these guys personally, maybe, but they have great, great parents. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Ray. Thank, Thank you for the family compliment. You got it, yeah. So, Ray, you are new to the podcast. You know, the rest mm-hmm. of us have talked about our, our experience playing video games. goes back a while since we were children. How about you? How long have you been playing a video game? How long do I have to talk about this? <laughs> uh, I'll edit it out if it's too long. Okay. Don't you worry. Uh, well, you know, my early gaming experience was on the Sega Genesis. It was mostly Sonic and, like, little, uh, Furby, or Kirby? Was the Kirby, little cat? Using Nintendo. Not Kirby, now what was the cat <laughs> with the yarn ball? Bubsy? Bubsy. Bubsy. <laughs> a lot of Bubsy, a lot of, a lot of adolescent Bubsy. Uh, and then I went on to PlayStation games, like Top Gun and other, uh, licensed <laughs> games like that. Uh, I would say most of the games I played growing up were, like, silly Nintendo games. I never owned a Nintendo system, but I always played them at my friend's house. Uh, never got too heavy into computer games with the exception of Diablo 2. One of the best games ever made for board, console, or computer. Uh, I think a lot of people would agree with you. That's Thank a very well-respected well game. Good. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Dungeons & Dragons Dragon Shard, which is an RTS that came out back in 2006. Five. Five. 2005. Guys, if you've never seen the game before, and chances are you've never seen the game before... <laughs> Don't lie! <laughs> please check out Alex Hemet has made a video showing both gameplay of the game and a little tutorial of what the game is like. Okay. We're going to talk about it. I highly recommend you take a look at that so you know kind of what we're talking about. We'll still be very descriptive so you understand. Beautiful descriptions of it, color and land. It, it, it can <laughs> only help if you watch the videos. It was developed by a company called Liquid Entertainment. Vegas, can you tell me a little bit about Liquid Entertainment? Yeah, they uh, they used to make a lot of real-time strategy games. Uh, they made a Lord of the Rings RTS. Uh, not based on the movies, but based on the Lord of the Rings books. Uh, because some other company made an RTS based on the movies. Yeah. Uh, Liquid has since 
stopped making games. Uh, well, they're still making games, but it seems like they're more into licensed games. Uh, they made a Desperate Housewives. I think it's an iOS <laughs> oh, no. game recently. An RTS Desperate Housewives? No. <laughs> that would be good. And just to clarify, they're not the biggest. is referring to Battle for Middle-Earth, which is a pretty well-known RTS. These are not the guys who made Battle for Middle-Earth. They made something else that no one really knew about. Uh, a lot like Dragon Shard. <laughs> a lot like Dragon Shard. Uh, Ray, yeah. what can you tell me about some of the, the, the setting of the game? Uh, well, it's set in Eberron, which is a fantastic D&D world. Mm. Uh, I don't think it really feels much like Eberron. They talk about, like, Sybris and Kyber and all that. To me, Eberron is the cities of Eberron. That's what's great about the game, not the, like, jungles of Zendrick. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you're there, and they talk about it a bit, but, I don't know, I, I didn't love the Eberron setting, mm. uh, or the way it was used. What are the three factions that you can play? Uh, of course, there is the Order of the Flame, it's which is the Eberron. militant branch of sure. the Church of the Silver Flame, maybe mm. you've heard of them. Uh, and then there's lizard people. <laughs> lizard the folk. lizard folk. I don't mean lizard to be inoffensive. Unoffensive. <laughs> uh, and then there's, like, the Umbrigan crew, right? Which That's are? what uh, you played them, didn't you? <laughs> A lot of people play them. They're, okay. a, they're one of the three. I think a third. Uh, they're uh, the Umbrigan. They're yeah. Drow. They're, they're Drow evil, and the other evil faction creatures that live in Kyber. Yeah. It seems like they're the purple magic crew. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of purple magic. Yeah. It's it's a weird choice for factions for an Eberron game because the great thing about Eberron is it's a world where you have nations that are in a constant war. Yeah. Uh, and that's not what's happening at all in this game. <laughs> you have no idea. There is a campaign, but there is no Umbergen, Umbergen. Umbergen campaign. Uh, which is a little interesting. If you're going to have three factions, you should have campaigns for all three of them, I would, I would think. Uh, I mean, our that's, that's, yeah. that's one of the big complaints that people gave the game around the time, is that the campaigns are kind of short. There's seven missions each. And, you know, two out of the three factions. It's really... Mm -hmm. For an RTS, that's pretty low. Could at least go for some mini-games or something with the Umbergen, right? <laughs> yeah, something. I mean, sure, if you never play Skirmish, you have no idea what they're... You might not even know they're playable faction. Yeah. yeah. Well, the big the big appeal of the game is the multiplayer. Yeah. Uh, which no longer works in this day and age. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you can play in a LAN party like we did today. Yeah, we played LAN. It used GameSpy, which no longer exists... So those servers are down forever. You can use something like Hamachi to fake a LAN, trick your computers into thinking that, or I believe there's another program called Game Ranger, which will host kind of a LAN, but there is no multiplayer unless you set up a LAN with your friends and play, which is good fun. Yeah. Uh, it was well received at the reviews, time. Sure. It was. It got good reviews. Generally, eights if you look on there. Above average. Yeah. Above average reviews, especially for an RTS. So, uh, surprisingly, like nobody I know has ever heard of it. Um, I vaguely remember reading a little bit about it, but this was not a big seller at the time, which unfortunately seems like a, a trend with Liquid Entertainment games. But this was not particularly well sold, which is why there's not been any sequels or other Dungeons and Dragons RTS is made. Yeah. How well did Desperate Housewives sell? <laughs> it's it's funny, I mean we're all gamers and we're all D and D guys in yeah. particular and we've never heard of this yeah. game. Yeah. Uh and it's 
It's not like it's real old from 2005. That's mm-hmm. it. Peak gaming time for me. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually when I took a break from D&D. Uh, it was like late high school for me. But I was still into video games more sure. at that point. So yeah, I would think it would have you know, crossed my... Hit the radar. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was really big into Warcraft 3 around that time, which is... I mean, this game has a lot of similarities to it, and I, I had no idea at all until we saw it on good old games. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with you there, Alex, and let's get on into it about the game. I don't think it shares a lot of similarities with Warcraft 3. It is a game that tries to be uh, loyal to the source material in that hmm. it wants to be an RPG as well as an RTS, I feel. Yeah. And the most, the most unique mechanic about it is that there are two maps in every game. There's the underworld, Kyber, where you can send heroes and captains to kill monsters and gain experience and gain one of the two very important resources, gold. And then there's the overmap where you will set up your base, your enemies will have their bases, and then there will be the other resource, dragon shards. Um, Which rain down from the sky. Exa- well, that's the thing. As the game begins, there are a finite number of dragon shards on the map. So, when we played, and we played a couple skirmish games with each other, it was a, there was a, for me at least, my strategy was rushing get those dragon shards. Yeah. Each person starts with a small supply in, around their base, and then in the very middle there's a large number, and that was the first thing I did, and the first thing I told my yeah, ally to do. It was a good move, because no one's really strong enough to make a big stand against you getting them. Yeah. Worst case scenario, you start getting attacked, and you can either run away. Or sometimes uh, it's a... Kind of like a peace tree or a neutral. Yeah, you guys are yeah. just standing next to each other, right. capturing the dragon it's shards. It's like uh, the first Christmas Eve in World War One. <laughs> the French just looking out over the trenches, kind of singing to each other. I ran into that very problem where I was so I lost so many units, and I had no more dragon shards to make units that I was being bullied out of collecting them it seemed like <laughs> i'd run over and try and grab a few and then a big army would come and chase me off yeah and because the thing in this game there are no worker units that's like true most yeah. rts's yeah. Mm-hmm. your heroes your right. captains are also the guys out there putting dragon shards in their pockets. it's the most undignified thing <laughs> i have been playing with lady marrow who's like this absurdly clad female i think she's a priestess too but yeah. she can't afford like a shirt to cover her breast. <laughs> But she's, like, hunched over digging and, like, putting things in a satchel that she doesn't really have on her armor. Uh, it's terrible. That's, like, you're building this massive unit, and then you send them out to collect mushrooms in the forest <laughs> for you. Uh, I mean, let's talk about building units in general. You'll start out, you'll buy a hero, a champion. They'll be somewhat affordable. You'll be able to get them immediately. And then from there, there are plots of land around your base from which you can build, uh, what are what are the buildings called? Do they uh, have a specific name? Yeah, they all have names. I mean, there's. I know, but is there like a I general know. term for them? Mm, uh, no, just buildings. Just but buildings. there's uh, there's a total of sixteen plots around your base, mm-hmm. and I think there's about ten units per side. Yes. So every there's a separate building for every unit, and every unit has a separate role. Mm-hmm. So you'll have like the melee tank, the melee damage dealer, the range siege, the yeah. healer, so, yep. the flying very units, important. As well. so, um, and the rogues, and rogues, which are very important for uh, unlocking chests. Which yeah, is Alex thought about. they were really important. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been my downfall. Yes, I very much I had rogues every game. Um, your plots are how your plots how you distribute the buildings is very important. Because you do have a limited amount of plots, and you do require multiple uh, 
plots of the same building the same to building. a level, it, you're a cat. So outside mm-hmm. of your city walls, you know, as you're exploring around on the overmap looking for dragon shards, you can run into these little four-plot cities. Mm-hmm. And if you're the first one there, you can claim that as your own and build new stuff there. Yeah. Of course, it's a new thing to defend. It can just, I think, be more trouble than it's worth. Yeah. Uh, yeah especially I, in a quicker game. But uh, long-term, might might be useful. Maybe. The maps are so small that those are generally... They're so close to your enemy base. That's that true, yeah. And they don't... I mean, I never got one up long enough to see if I could put towers on it. Mm-hmm. But they don't really defend themselves. It's a lot of... And I never really needed them. Uh, yeah. No, it's a It's a weird game, though. Um, you know, you can't choose to set up your base so you can build every kind of unit that your faction mm-hmm. has. Uh, because you have a limited number of plots, and say you build a wizard tower to make wizards, well, if you want to level your wizards up, you need to build multiple wizard towers um, to increase their levels, and that's taking plots of land away from uh, your total. Uh, So even though you've got 10 units on your side, uh, you're probably only going to be able to pick four different units to make up your army, and each unit has strengths and weaknesses, mm-hmm. not just some are melee, some are ranged, some are flying and can't be attacked by melee creatures. And every unit, um, they either uh, attack with uh, uh, physical damage, uh, lightning damage, fire damage, or poison damage. And each unit has different resistances to all those kind of damages. So, and vulnerabilities. And vulnerabilities, yeah. yeah. So the way the classes you pick to make up your army is going to make a big difference in how effective you are fighting your opponent. And I assume once you get very good at the game, predicting what classes your opponent is likely to make mm-hmm. is really important in deciding what units you're going to make. Not just predicting, but advanced scouting and stuff like yes, that as well. Yes, that is important. Uh, some of the, I know for the Order of the Flame, the rangers, uh, who are like bowmen for the most part, also have animal companions. Uh, so I had an eagle that was flying all through the battlefield, keeping an eye. I was more looking for dragon shards than worrying about enemy units. Yeah. Uh, but it's nice to have those eyes out there, and I think it was invisible the whole time. No one. I have no idea. I never played Order of the Flame. One. I had no idea they had eagles. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they were useful. Now leveling is very important, not just because you'll make your unit stronger, but when you create a new unit, you get one. You get one unit. But. As you level them, they have minions come out and fight alongside them. So while I may only build one of these uh, wizards, if I get them to level five, there'll be a whole crew of them running around. Yeah, and okay. I mean they can act in different ways. Uh, one of the important ones being they can kind of be meat shields for That's, you a bit. Yeah. Your captain can't die until all of his kind of minions die. Okay. Uh, which is important. Yeah, I don't know if this is worth noting, but when you go underground in yeah, Kyber, we should talk about uh, it's kind of a smaller space, mm-hmm. so they reduce all of your minions back, or I guess reabsorb them back mm-hmm. into your main uh, captain unit, and they have that strength in their one person, and then as soon as they're back on the surface world again, it's back to your full spread of three or four or five of them. So beyond getting gold underground, it's important early game to go underground to gain experience, yes, which is right. the third resource, mm-hmm. really. To level your characters, you need to gain experience, and you can do that by killing mobs or other players, but you need to fight something. I find a good early strategy is Alex is a great uh, source of XP. If you're looking for something easy to kill, (laughs) just get him out of the way quick. (laughs) 
this is complete lies. <laughs> uh, I I thought you know I was very good at picking off units with my stealth hero, but uh, you know, if you want to try and spread rumors spread about the tree it, right history, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> I I thought for an RTS, this game has a lot more going on than I expected. Mm -hmm. Like we were saying, each unit has a distinct set of uh, defenses and vulnerabilities for you to be aware of and exploit. Uh, And on top of that, every unit has its own set of special abilities, like uh, you can imagine a wizard has a fireball and freeze spells and barbarians have rages and things like that. And every time you level up a unit, it gains more uh, little abilities for you to click on and use during combat. But there's just so much stuff going on. Uh, there's a ton of micromanagement to do during combat in, you know, what is a fast-paced, real-time strategy game. There's lots of clicking around to do uh, because each of your units have these little abilities that you have to click on to activate. It's way too much for a guy like me to keep track of. Uh, I'm sure better gamers might be impressed with the complexity. Some of it's nice where they will... You can, I think, right-click it, and it'll auto-cast sure. for you kind of as soon as it... Very little amount of those. Healers, Generally, yeah. the healers, healers will uh, auto-heal. That's really it, honestly. But, but also, some of the level-up things, instead of being new spells, are new properties. Or passive abilities. Uh, yeah, or passive abilities. So those are always a relief to have. Yeah. Uh, you're not as worried about them. But even in general, like... Um, it's like it's pretty. If a game goes late, you're probably gonna have fifteen, maybe sixteen units around that number mm-hmm. um, in a battle. Uh, that's a ton of abilities to use. Yeah. Because uh, you know some guys have four, four active abilities. Yeah. So fifteen, say fifteen times four in a fight, and people are dying pretty quick. You don't like my. This is I'm gonna go ahead. This is one of my biggest complaints about the game that. In a battle, I felt like I was spending more time managing my abilities between all my units than actually focusing on what was going on. Yeah, and it's annoying as you're trying to manage your abilities, too. A lot of your guys, uh, like if it's not a fireball, if it's more of an AoE spell, mm-hmm. you kind of lose track of who you're controlling at a given time because it's it doesn't light up very well. Uh, so you're trying to cast an AoE spell, and you're like, where is where am I even casting yeah. this? I yeah. can't tell. I got to the point where I would just click whatever. Mm-hmm. Anything that was an enemy, I'd just click. Yeah. And like especially for melee units with targeted <laughs> abilities, like I don't know who was targeting what. So that was it's very hard to use, and it's not the best. It's not communicated the best through you. Yeah, you can't uh, select all of one unit and all use an ability simultaneously yeah. either. You have to click on each individual unit. Like, I had a, uh, one of my units could do an AoE just like he smacks the floor and everybody falls over. It would have been perfect if I chose all of them and clicked that, but I had to cycle through each one individually. And do or it. you could cl- you could select all five, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but then you'd have to hit the ability five times. Right. Oh, yeah, really? That's how I was doing yeah. it. It is a not lot that. faster, but it's still yeah, not it's still, great. Yeah. I didn't realize that. There's yeah. no way to trigger it at the same time. Well, if you're having trouble playing the game, fortunately there's a two-hour-long tutorial for you to play (laughs) with the world's slowest narrator. It's obscene. So Vegas was playing it and was doing things like as the narrator still like saying, "Ah, now I would like you to use rage on your barbarian. And Vegas, meanwhile, has clicked rage. And it doesn't register that he's clicked that because he did it too fast. 
Uh, and then he had to wait ten fifteen. You're waiting seconds. on the narrator. It's yeah. very handholdy yeah. to the point where it's almost offensive. Uh, yeah, I skipped it. And it, the games, if you've played Warcraft three, um, I mean any of those any sort of micro intensive RPGs ish yeah. RTSs with a leveling system or an experience yeah. system. Um, and you know what? If you haven't no played a, a micromanagement intense RTS. Don't go play Dragon Shard before you play some other game, because <laughs> uh, you'll hate it. Or at least don't skirmish with it. Uh, when I was playing the campaign mode, you have a lot more time to kind of relax and build your army up. You can even just take as much time as you want, sit back and heal, uh, and the only thing you lose is points at the end of the game, or at the end of each level when it's saying, like, did mm-hmm. you do the time bonus? Did you do it in under 10 minutes? No, it took <laughs> 30 minutes. Uh, but hey, I got through intact. <laughs> Tell me more about the campaign. I didn't play a lot of campaign. I play a lot of RTSs. For me, RTSs are skirmish. Campaign is generally a, not something I'm interested in. You know, there's usually a lot of limits on what units you can produce, and it's very slower, and I think the, the stories are pretty much terrible. But tell me about it as Eberron. You guys did a campaign 1-30 to 30 in Eberron, so you're yeah. very familiar with this setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Eberron. You love Eberron. Yeah, again, like I said, what... Everon to me is a lot of the political intrigue, the well, moral grayness, uh, but above all is like the cityscapes are what I think are really exciting about it, like Sharn and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, You're not even on like the main continent no. of the Eberron campaign in this game. Which kind of makes sense. I mean, you're for this type of game, you need an open, sprawling map. Uh, I got uh, that. Not necessarily. Yes. You can do city maps. Yeah, you can I mean, have... There's open sure. areas in on Eberron. I mean, think of the undergrad. Think of Kyber. Kyber is very constrained. You feel very uh, closed in. I think. Yeah, that's. I see what you're saying. Okay. That could have been used on the, okay, the main okay. map as well. Uh, maybe it's an, a canon thing. Maybe they didn't want to make this game canon and have by setting it someplace else, they didn't really have to worry about what happened. Yeah. So they can have free range with the story, I which think... was written by Keith Baker, creator of the Yeah, Eberron. it's probably written by Keith Baker, but I mean... I, I Who think... you could listen to Gamer to Gamer podcast and hear James interview him. Did he ask him any Dragon Shark he... questions? I... I don't know, listen. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe Keith Baker thought, uh, I want an RTS and I want Drow and Lizardmen in it. <laughs> and for that, we need the Zendric continent. I, I feel like maybe it was just a, a decision to try and keep it as traditional. Even you're in this new world, which is kind of different. Everon's a little, you know, it's got flying ships, which are in the very beginning of the campaign. Yeah. And, you know, railways. And Warforged. Yeah, but oh. I feel like maybe Warforged. they they took the most traditional kind of unexplored continent yeah. uh, and went with that. I mean, I really think it's a missed opportunity. I would have loved... I mean, there's so many you know, political things going on in the main continent that I would have loved to see those separate as factions. I would have loved to see a Corvair faction. <laughs> <laughs> Using zombies. Oh. Yeah, Cor- yeah, Corvair is a, uh, a, a nation in Eberron where they didn't have enough soldiers to fight in the war, so they started raising dead soldiers to fight with them, which is super badass. That sounds like a perfect faction. Yeah, it is. That I sounds like... The, a... the, yeah. the faction, or the, the countries in Eberron are different enough where they could have made good factions. Right, mm-hmm. and it's a great, like... And the dr- entire Dragonmarked houses, like, you're yeah, missing yeah. that opportunity, too. Uh, but Corvair's also a great story hook where it's like, okay, we're raising this zombie army... But it's only because we need to have it. Like it's not an inherently yeah, evil zombie army. Yeah, they're not bad army. people. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, desperate times. Desperate right. times. 
There are war- no. You guys mentioned Warforged. There are Warforged in oh this game. God, They're yeah. a unit for the Order of the Flame. <laughs> what are those? Those are not I mean, Warforged yeah, by they, any conventional means. They're like Zone of the Enders, like mech. Uh, yeah, some early fantasy version of a mech warrior. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, very big, very. Bulky, I don't know if they were specifically supposed. Like uh, maybe in, at any point in the campaign, did you run into regular Warforged? I don't know if maybe they're supposed to be Titans. Oh yeah, the Order of the Flame has uh, the Warforged Titan. Yeah, but I was I was wondering, are those like specific machines that they were? Supposed supposedly made or is uh, that is that this game's interpretation of warforge that was my take on it is that Which, that, is that's what i thought about. and they don't they don't look like them i mean there are other inaccuracies you find three cream they three are cream. they look like, uh, like they just have a shield and a sword yeah they don't have multiple legs and they're kind of a tan color <laughs> and naked, right? I don't think they're wearing much clothes. Yeah, well. They didn't look like bug people. <laughs> yeah, Thrykreen, in my head, are praying mantis yeah. people. Yeah. But I, I did quite like the most of the monsters. That's true. Uh, Beholders they, look great. Beholders look great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, mind flayers, they... Oh, they were great, yeah. Yeah, they were fantastic at killing my, my units one-on-one, <laughs> sucking their brains out. It's very, very sad. Um, yeah, so like the you know, the trademark D and D monsters, like, no are pretty spider much people. I noticed no, no spider dryers. Oh, there's a dryer. Yeah, I fought are a couple dryers. Okay. Yeah, very you, big. You can't make spider people, but there you can fight them in the underdark. And that was yeah. one thing. Is that normal for an RTS? I'm not a big RTS guy, but I think it's fun to have to be forced underground and to actually end up fighting computer AI stuff, even though there's not a computer. Uh, player. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. say that's totally abnormal. Uh, uh, for an RTS experience. that emphasizes leveling, it's... like Warcraft 3. Warcraft 3 is. I'm pretty. I don't know why you disagree. It is. Honestly, this game took so much from it. Warcraft 3 kind of started that with neutral creeps around the map. Mm-hmm. That. You know, they're kind of like another resource. Okay. Um, they drop items, which is something that's, that's very right, we didn't important. talk about that. They're, that was honestly... My, my main strategy, which I realized in hindsight, was really stupid because it's very much dependent on random, you know, chance, was to get some awesome items as I killed <laughs> monsters. Because my first game, I got, like, this really cool sword, these awesome boots that made my hero, like, unstoppable until I uh, looked away for a minute and died from <laughs> yeah. trying to collect some dragon shards. But, uh... It's fun, yeah. It's a lot of fun, you know. It's a different challenge, and it's something that one of my biggest complaints of some RTSs is you spend ten minutes looking at your economy as you try to build it up, and then you have one fight and it's over. Yeah. This game, you're constantly moving your characters right. around, fighting the uh, you know the creatures in Kyber, um, you know, trying to outmaneuver your enemy and get to the the tougher stuff and the bigger gold chests. Yeah. Yes. And and if- I was going to say, uh, another fun part of Kyber is that it's an interesting way to sneak up on your enemy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you, if he has spies all over the world map, you can still slide underneath and potentially take him out uh, yeah, cause from there. In the game, uh, there's a, only about four or five fixed entry points that mm-hmm. lead you from That's the overworld true. into Kyber. So, you know, these are really important. You keep a scout, you know, watching every point, and uh, you can, like at one point, I, Ray, I'm, I'm pointing out my victory over yeah. here now. <laughs> For uh, a battle, not an army, or not a war. My, my ten stealth rogues that I invested 95% of my resources <laughs> got their one victory uh, sneaking up on Ray's army as they were fighting a couple bugbears and stabbing yeah. stabbing them in the back. I had uh, no idea what happened. It was the kind of thing where I was like, okay, a couple bugbears, I'm good. Flip the other map. <laughs> like, two minutes later, I come back. 
I was like, oh, you guys are still fun. Oh, oh, no. I thought I had more guys down here. Uh, still not having an idea what happened because I hadn't really played with rogues at all until Alex uh, yelled it from across the room. <laughs> it's a weird mechanic. There's um, chests in the Underdark yeah. that you can collect gold from. And if you haven't chosen to invest in rogues in your army, and like we said, there's a limited uh, amount of things you can make your army up of you can't open half of the chests mm -hmm. full of gold in the underdark because you have to lock pick them i didn't like making rogues because i was more interested in spell casters and aerial creatures uh so i found that very annoying i did find a scroll of knock that i could use to open chests and did you but... did you mention traps there's traps as uh, well. we didn't there's traps. really dangerous they, traps they there's I some didn't... Sorry. They're, they're kind of rare. There's okay. Sometimes you see like a, a somewhat large gold chest that looks like it's just in the open, and that's kind of a, a giveaway. A giveaway oh, that okay. it's a trap. Yeah. And I've, I've probably encountered maybe three or four over you know the wow. seven or eight games I've played. Yeah, I think you uh, spend the most time in Kyber of all of us for the I skirmishes. Did. I never encountered any in a skirmish, but in the campaign mode, there's plenty of traps, uh, and you kind of have to have these rogues, or else yeah. you can't even cross over them. Or you could, but I guess... I feel like, uh, of the units, rogues kind of were meant for PvE. Campaign mode. No, just for, oh. uh, for in, being in Kyber. That's oh, kind of yeah, rogue. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the way they function. They have the sneak attack ability, which is only useful when they're not getting attacked. Mm -hmm. Which is great against dumb AI that just attacks yeah. the closest unit. Right. But when someone knows that, they're going to single them out. Yeah. Um, and if, so if you want to spend Kyber, you go rogues. Yeah, and there's a ton of... Or not a ton, but there's one or two units that are only in the outer world. Yeah, uh, anything flying cannot right. go underground. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 a good way. There's good variety in how you play a game. You can yeah. approach. I mean, every faction has probably you know a good four or five different strategies. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, combination of we did mention you you pick a hero in the beginning. Uh, you pick one of four, right? So once you pick which one, which are your base uh, tank. Yeah. Again, guy, your generic roles, rogue, priest, tank, and then your caster. Um, but you know, you can kind of experiment. You know, and they all, all of your heroes come with these massive buffs. Like they're great units that yeah. you want. They have a special ability too that you gain by killing by other doing units. damage. Yes. You get like, it's kind of like a limit break, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you you kind of they're your focal part of your army. So it's you know there's a lot of combinations of units, and that's but all that's the fun. They do not level. They do Which not is level. Worth noting. They that start is off much stronger, three, but yes. by by the time other units are level five, it's kind of on an even playing field. Yeah. I'd say. Uh, but you can further buff them with items yeah. mm -hmm. uh, and things like that. And there are some there are a lot of items that you can find in the game that says good only for a single target. Uh, and I <laughs> misclicked once and found out oh yeah you can use these on captains and not just yeah. your heroes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but for the most part, I think they're intended for your hero class. Yeah, they're permanent yeah. boosts. Yeah. Yeah. So, every unit is around the same amount in price, in which, by the way, there's no, like, gold is used to hire people. Each of them are used evenly for anything you can build, whether it be units or the buildings themselves or upgrades. But each faction also has a sort of super unit that costs, you know, four digits of both resources, which is... Ten units? Yeah, it was, uh... What? I, over did, a... I did not see this in the game. Yeah. You didn't? It was no. on the main building. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, you can build they get a phoenix for Order of the Flame and a beholder a, for a, the armored um, beholder, armored beholder for, for the umbridge. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't know. What I think it's a dragon thing for the lizard. Dragon thing. Uh, I was the only one who built one of those in our games. 
It was awful. To be fair, I had a huge army that was Yeah, I know, but I'm sure your huge army still didn't cost as much as my armored beholder, which accomplished it wouldn't listen to my commands, and for Maybe some reason its default okay. attack was melee. Like, Maybe. it kept walking up to things and biting them. It might be the kind of thing is where... That, is that a beholder tactic? Yeah. Bite? <laughs> I, bite. I bite. Like, it would randomly, it would randomly shoot out I-beams uh, in, yeah. like, every direction, but it, yeah, I hated it. It Did... was... It, ah! Do you think it could have been one of those like Pokemon things where if the if you're not a high enough level in the game, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have respect. yeah, I did go for it really early. That was my yeah. plan that entire so, game. Armored Beholder uh, is disobeyed. No one had made it. I'm like, this is gonna win me. I'm gonna bring yeah. this out. They're gonna be like, what is that? It's gonna win me a game, and you know, then it's gonna every game from now on is gonna include Juggernauts. But nope, bring it out. Rudy runs over it in a minute, and then I lose. I did kind of miss that thing, is to build a big unit, build a tank, mm-hmm. build something like that. It's fun to build up an army, but sometimes you just want to bring out that massive unit that, yeah. that's got that intimidation factor. Everything's at the same level. Yeah. Uh, maybe it wasn't intimidating, but I felt that way about my hero. I thought it was kind of a rallying point, and I know Alex got scared a couple times seeing <laughs> <laughs> Battlefield. Yeah, no, you're, you're naked cleric with yeah, uh, lady the massive Mary. hammer. When she'd swing it around and knock mm-hmm. my units back, it's... It's a little scary, I'll so, be honest. Yeah, so I didn't miss having, uh, I don't know. Well, yeah, unit. I mean, it's under, I get what we're saying, though. Most RTSs have kind of a tier system, where you yeah. start off with just your basic footman, you know, you upgrade your castle a couple times, and next thing you know, gotcha. you have a, a really cool knight that comes out. Okay, I guess maybe because I'm not and a This RTS one, guy. you have access to everyone at the beginning, you just decide what you want to build. Yeah, yeah, no research in this game, no way to buff damage, yeah. no just, way well, to... Exp- no, besides like leveling. Besides I, leveling. Yeah, leveling is totally the equivalent of research but in this not, game. But not a lot of economy, uh investment in nope. at the all. game is no, it's all yeah. combat it, well i mean there's still economy investment but it's just a matter of how much of your army do you want to devote at any given time to finding or you know to mining this sure. or mining that yeah so it's a different kind of investment. interesting of no worker that's that's really an interesting approach no worker units i can't think of many rts's that that do something like that it's i mean it's a very combat heavy rts uh, that your, most of your time is going to be managing your units in battle, managing their special abilities. That's a huge part of it. And never stop mining for gold. <laughs> it's neat, too. You're sending, you know, your soldiers out into the Underdark to mine for gold. And when you're doing that, you're leaving your base undefended. Completely undefended. Yeah. Um, so it, well, it's... I didn't do that. I did. I was thinking several times, oh. I really hope... Alex doesn't come and attack my base. Uh, I like there's you told me about this. There's one thing like a patrol function. Yep. So I would always have at least a couple units patrolling the vulnerable sides of my city. And then if you upgrade the fortifications, you can upgrade. They fort- do a good job yes. of holding off people. Yeah, till you get it, back. It, to sorry, yeah. a fortifying and upgrading adds uh, like turrets to your base, mm-hmm. which can definitely scare people and off. And your but, building starts off completely walled. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right. So there's no your, your main fast rush yeah. to someone's keep and destroy yeah. it immediately. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where. Uh, maybe I should have said this earlier, but I can't not mention how goddamn annoying it was trying to collect gold, uh, gold that's sitting there or like unlocked chest. It just did. did it, yeah. You guys got that? To me, you should just run over gold and you have oh, it now. Sure. It should be a very simple thing. Once you've earned the gold, 
Picking oh, it up should not be the tough part of the y- game. Yeah, you kill monsters and they drop gold, and you have to click on it to take it instead of your guys just getting it, which yeah, is really it's, dumb. It's kind just of, like Diablo 2. You don't like that? Yeah. Diablo 2. Yeah, but Diablo 2, you're not switching maps constantly and trying to do other stuff. I don't mind yeah, in Diablo 2 because I'm always looking at it. Yeah. It's needless micromanagement in a game that has tons of it already. Yeah. Um, and it's also kind of hard to click on, and it's kind of hard to see in my yeah, experience. It is. Yeah. So yeah. I would spend... A lot of times, like moving around, missing it, mm-hmm. and then and then lock chests too. Right. Uh, kind of annoying in that you don't really know a lock chest what level it requires until you left click on it to read the description. Yeah. You know, just looking at a chest, it could look like a normal chest, but a, you know, it turns out it was a level four lock chest. Right. And then you you know you wasted time there. So a little usability uh, issues, quality of life things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It could have been improved. I had pathfinding issues too. Some of my characters would run into walls. Um, I think that was a problem with your Beholder. Yeah, he was overly aggressive. I kept trying to run him away, but he was like, I want to bite this guy. (laughs) And he he ended up getting himself in a really bad spot, like stuck between my walls and Rudy's army. He was underfed. (laughs) (laughs) He was swearing. I mean, I love the look of it. A Beholder in heavy armor. Like, that's just ridiculous. Um, But he sucked. So, maybe it's not to be. <laughs> Any other issues you guys had? Any other moments of... Rem- I mean, we have to bring up that we played a 2v2, mm-hmm. myself and Ray versus Vegas and Alex, and mm-hmm. it was a stomping. That's the only way to put it. Two stompings in a row. Yeah. I think it's safe to say we are the 2015 2v2 Tag, Dungeons & Dragons... Tag Team Champions Tag Team of Champions of the World. Also Intercontinental. We got all the belts. We got all the belts. We got all the belts. Come to New Jersey and challenge us land. We'll be waiting for you. Oh, I'll say it took us about an hour and a half to figure out how to get the multiplayer working right. You know what? That's a very good point. We had desync issues. We tried to 4v4 against AI initially. Um, Also interesting, no six-person maps. Two, four, and eight. I don't know why they skipped six people maps. So there's no 3v3s, but... We had huge desync problems where we would see one player being attacked, and his game would be fine. He would see nothing like that. Yeah, the computer would seem to do something different for every player. Yeah. So we playing against the computers was not possible. No, and that was frustrating. It's a good way to learn to play as a group against computer. But also when we did have a free-for-all... It was a long game. It was a long game. Well, it was also game. our first full game. That's true, I guess. But again, it's it's a lot of everybody has no resources left. Or at least... Oh, it was also uh, a lot know. of, uh, oh, Ray's attacking Vegas. No one's at his base. I'll go attack Ray. And then <laughs> right, Ray has right. to withdraw to defend. Yeah. And no full commitment to killing someone. It's we messy, just kept like, it's throwing our control. armies up against walls. Yeah. And now we're starting over again. Yeah. yeah. But now we're waiting for dragon shards. And no one can oh, mine them because they're not in existence. So we're all just kind of sitting on our thumbs it's for like little, five yeah. minutes. Very yeah, even, even when they rain from the ground, there aren't that many no. that come yeah. down. Dragon shards, it's one of, why well, I say one of my other annoyances with the game is because every unit requires both gold and dragon shards. If you, like, I, I at one point had like 9,000 gold because I spent so much time underground killing monsters, but I had like 20 dragon shards because yeah. they would so rarely fall. I mean, and I couldn't do anything. I would just have to wait around the map until dragon shards showed up to replenish my army. You gain gold, too, over time. Yep. You'll gain a gold a second, a gold, a, you know, 1.5 a second. Not the case with dragon shards. Gotta wait for it to rain. 
Was it regular intervals? Do you guys it know? Seemed it seemed pretty random. Like it. Yeah, it seemed random. It, it seemed, seemed random. I wish there was like a you know, dragon charge incoming. Yes. Uh, oh, or yeah, like a reminder. Yeah. Sometimes you're underground and you don't even notice. I'll yeah, say this know. though. It's a cool effect on the overworld. Oh, sure. It turns yeah. to night and then it's like thunder and lightning. And yeah, then the and when they starts. hit the ground, they explode. Yeah, it's like cool. meteors falling. Yeah, it's well done. Yeah. The dragon shards are, of course, parts of Sybaris, and it's noble sacrifice to uh, envelop <laughs> okay. the evil Kyber Eberron. back in the early days. <laughs> These guys know Eberron. <laughs> you would, too, if you did campaign mode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was full of rich lore. Like, like that. <laughs> and, oh, God, Kale? Was that the rogue's name? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, oh, is he in the just like, hero unit? Oh, the voice acting stupid is bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just like that first initial cutscene, like mm. you get it right there. It's like, oh god, I'm gonna have to deal with this. And then the editing of the voices is bad, where it's mm. like a stupid one-liner, and then like a three-second pause, <laughs> and then like the aggravator response to it. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> painful. We've talked about this game a lot. Let's go in a circle. Do you recommend Dungeons and Dragons fans, people who like video games, play this game? Vegas, let's start with you. Would you recommend people pick this up? Oh, man. I've got such a, like, a yes and no answer to this. I would say, yeah, this is a really unique RTS game. I'm not a huge RTS guy. I've played some in my days. Uh, I really enjoyed Dragon Shard. I thought it had a lot of unique qualities to it, and I thought it was fun to play. At the same time, I would say no... Because you're not going to find anybody to play this game with you. You know, the you can't play over the internet anymore. That's That system is gone. And unless you're going to do a podcast about a 10-year-old game for some reason, how are you going to find guys to do a LAN party for Dragon Shard with you? Yeah. You're probably not. I, I saw like a couple posts on good um, old games good old about multiplayer. I'm sure it's yeah. very, very, you know, to hook up Hamachi. I'm sure it's very, very hard. Yeah, there's some posts from, like, 2011. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the guys are still yeah, in there. The, the, the forums there, the first page does go to 2011, yeah. so it's hopping. I mean, yeah, you got to think, this wasn't a popular game in 2005. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be the most popular game in 2015. This hasn't caught on yet, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I would recommend it if you and your buddies all, you know, have LAN parties together every night <laughs> and have played all the games that are popular and are looking for something weird go nuts ray how about you would you recommend this game i'm kind of on board with vegas uh i think it'd be a great game where if you had to decide who gets to i don't know uh if you're looking to decide something and you say all right we should play a video game to figure out who wins this item that we found in the street or something. What? But a game that no one's ever played. You guys don't do that? <laughs> Alright, let's say you, you find, no, like, a cat in the gutter. <laughs> like, a little cute baby kitten. Uh, you find it together, you and your buddy nurse it back to health. And you're like, oh, what a great investment in a cat. Now it'll be my pet. My friend's like, hey, screw off, it's my pet. I washed its head. <laughs> you say, alright. There's only one way to decide this. Neither of us have ever played Dragon Shard, and why would we? We each download it. We have one week to practice it. On Sunday night, 8 o'clock, we'll put the cat in a little cage, and it can watch us play three, I think, three matches of 1v1. Yeah, there? best of three. Best maybe, of three well, for a cat, maybe a best of five. <laughs> you're right, you're right. Yeah, it's a cute kitten, as described. 
so the winner of the best of five tournament, uh, after one week's practice, gets to take it home, and then you guys erase the game from your computer and forget about it. <laughs> All right, under those very specific circumstances. Yeah, so that's a no, recommend. Right? <laughs> Largely a no. <laughs> Alex, you and I, big RTS guys, hundreds of hours. What do you think? Does this stand up with some of the other uh, modern, even old school? Honestly, RTS? I'm just gonna say straight no. No. Uh, I mean, I think it's fun. It's enjoyable for you know a couple of nights, but honestly, I think Warcraft Three is a better version of this game. Mm. It came before it. Uh, I think it does a better job of balancing units that don't have abilities with units that do have abilities. So in combat, you're kind of managing three guys or so, and the rest of the guys you're worrying more about positioning and targeting, and it makes combat more fun than I'm going to tab through everyone and hit F1, F2, mm-hmm. F3, F4 so I can use their mana before they die. Um, also, I mean, I I really enjoyed Kyber, but not enough so where I would want to play this online. Yeah. Not that there's online anyway. And if you're someone who for some reason is really into RTS campaigns, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Rudy, what'd you think? I, I don't think I can recommend it either. You know, I also really love the Kyber mechanic. I love the two maps. But it isn't Dungeons and Dragons in enough to bring me back. That's a theme I love. That's a thing I love. And if this did that well, then I could see myself checking out this RTS and investing in it a little bit more. But because it's so lacking, I, I really can't see myself ever coming back to this game. It was fun. It's nice to be the champion. But, uh, let's retire that way. Let's retire that well, way. Maybe, it's going we'll, on top. maybe we'll play again next year. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe in 2016 there'll be another uh, 2v2 championship game. You know what? If you're a real-time strategy game designer, Ooh, uh, sure. play Dragon Shard. Yeah. Maybe you'll learn something new. Maybe. Uh, but you're, you probably aren't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't think there's many of those left right now. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah unfortunately. So guys, we're gamers, we like to play games, this is not a game we do recommend. What is a game you do recommend? Anything, what should I play, Vegas Lancaster? A game I just finished up last night, really enjoyed, is called The Wolf Among Us uh, by Telltale Games. Mm. It's an adventure game based on the Fables series of comic books, Mm. published by DC Vertigo. Uh, Great series of games, or uh, comics rather. Um, where old fairy tales are forced to move into New York City (laughs) and live amongst uh, each other in a gritty world. Uh, In The Wolf Among Us, you're playing the big bad wolf who has become the uh, sheriff detective of Fable Town. And it's based on the same... uh, It's the same engine and and sort of game as Telltale Games' uh, Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. That was my game of the year in 2013. Uh, so I loved this game. Loved Wolf Among Us. Really recommend it. You can download it on the PlayStation Store, Xbox Store, Steam, Steam yeah. and have fun. Yeah, I, I love those Fables books, and Telltale can be hit or miss with some of their games, but this is a direct hit. I think Wolf Among Us is great. That's a great recommendation. Uh, Ray, how about you? What do you recommend we try out? Uh, I was just thinking of this game because of the kind of Kyber feel that we had in this, where you can go below ground and have your adventures there. Uh, I grew up as a big Harvest Moon fan. Love the Harvest Moon franchise. Uh, maybe too much so. But uh, they had like kind of an offshoot of the Harvest Moon name, which was the Harvest Moon Rune Factory games. 
Uh, so in this, it has all the classic Harvest Moon stuff. You're inheriting a farm. Uh, you need to bring it back. Rudy, don't roll your eyes uh, at this. You're inheriting you a farm. You get married and stuff. <laughs> yeah, you get married. You scout for the babes out in town. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, the added thing in this is you go underground, and you actually clear out caves full of monsters. So it's, it's Harvest Moon in the above world, and then it's more of like an RPG in a below world. Uh, but meanwhile, in the the cave world, you also want to harvest plants and stuff because that's how you have sort of your mana uh, recharge abilities. Okay. Is when your stuff harvests. On harvest day, that's when you want to try to clear out these caves because that's when you'll have enough boost to really get you so through to the end. Create the golden rake and <laughs> exactly. monsters down on Exactly. It. And that's how you get the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, that sounds like a nice addition to an otherwise... Incredibly boring game. Yo, the Harvest Moon games yeah. were great. Oh, yeah, Rudy's out of his mind. Farming they were great simulator. in fourth grade. Fifth grade. Yeah, they were. Yeah. So we're agreed. They were. <laughs> Alex, what do you recommend? Uh, I'm going to recommend War Thunder, which Whoa. is a, it's a game I've been playing a lot of recently. I've played it on and off for probably the past year and a half. Uh, it's a World War II fighter plane and, and. tank kind of arcade uh, simulation game. Uh, you can choose to play as a, a couple of the bigger nations that participate in World sure. War II. Who was in that again? Uh, <laughs> all, a couple of the big... All of the big nations. Yeah, I guess all the big nations. I, I'm trying to think... I don't know if China's in there. Um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> the classic Axis and allies. No, well, I'm, I'm talking big oh, no. physical size is what I'm talking oh, oh, about. Okay. Come on, guys. Yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, you, you choose... Uh, you know, you can... You play their war planes and you fly around and you shoot at other people. Or you can choose instead to play as tanks. And you fight other tanks. Mm-hmm. Um, and the game can be played kind of in an arcade mode or a more realistic simulator mode. If you want to... In my experience, not successfully take off from a, uh, a landing or an airstrip. Yeah, uh, that's that's a lot of fun to crash and take off. It sounds intimidating, but it's very casual, very jump yeah, in the, and go. The arcade mode is very casual. It's a free to play game. It's one of the. It, it gets a little kind of grindy toward the like. There's tiers of planes mm-hmm. uh, towards the later tiers where you're actually playing with jets that didn't yeah. exist during <laughs> World War Two. It can get a little grindy, but the coolest planes. And the coolest tanks. They're not, you know, it doesn't take that long to get to them, and it's it's a lot of fun. Plus, you can always back tier and play with the earlier stuff. You don't have yeah. to play with the most advanced. And it's just the variety. The tank gameplay is so very different from uh, an airplane game. And sometimes you can have both. You can have airplane mm-hmm. games and the tank games, which is very neat. Is that online multiplayer? Yes, is that... it is all. It it's is 16, uh, for computer, 16 on 16. 16. Yeah, it's big games, and it's from computer and even PlayStation 4. Recently came out on PlayStation mm-hmm. 4. So. Good recommendation. Like World War II. Free. Free go. as well. Can't stop recommending that. Keeping with the World War II theme, I have to recommend my favorite RTS of all time. What I think is the best RTS of all time. Ooh. Company of Heroes 1. With its expansions. I must have dropped at least 300 hours. 400, maybe 400 hours. <laughs> on this game. I love it to death. I think it's incredibly balanced. Uh, I think it's incredibly fun. Uh, it could be some balancing probably still, but... I think it's a great game. I think it's a lot of... Uh, it's, it's a, Alex had a great description earlier when we were talking about it. It's a tactical strategy game. It's about positioning your units behind the cover. It's about upgrading and, and the meta strategy of, of countering your opponent. I really love it. I cannot recommend it highly enough. 
Do not touch the second one. That is one of the few instances where the sequel has literally taken a step backwards compared to the original. But it's on Steam. It's always on sale. It's like ten bucks now. Yeah, probably even five. When it's not sale. It's yeah, even cheap. this is an older game. This came out in like two thousand six. Still two thousand six compared to Dragon Shard two thousand five game guys. How does it look? <laughs> I think for two thousand five looks pretty good. I don't think it look, uh, the animations were kind of hurting. I think I the thought. colors to me very blended together and kind of so? it it just was not appealing. I yeah. thought it looked okay. I, I was not like put off by the graphics in Dragon Shard. Uh, yeah, I, I mean... But not spectacular. Company Heroes, not spectacular for the time. Great game. Still good now. Really cool engine where stuff blows up, buildings get destroyed. It's a different game every time you play, even if it's the same map. War is hell. War is hell. Thank you, Ray. Poignant. What a way to end. Unless it's uh, over kittens. Unless it's <laughs> over kittens. Guys, where can I find you on the internet? Vegas Lancaster? Ah. Tell me... Vegas Lancaster on Twitter.com or on your iPhone. Guys, I farted. <laughs> yeah, you Everyone's coming. Yeah, you do. You don't have to deal with this when we're when we're Skyping podcasting, but this is what I'm doing. We're never doing this again. <laughs> wow. I'm at Vegas Lancaster on Twitter. Uh, Ray, where can people see you on the internet? You can find me at Facebook.com slash Duck. The evolution of Psyduck. That's it. <laughs> is that where the evolution ends, or does it keep going in some of the later I'm games? I'm sure it's... There you know what? Can that I be a baby the one they left untouched. Uh, Interesting. No, nah, I don't think there was a baby Psyduck either. Although that's not a bad idea. Just, as far as babies, <laughs> as far as baby evolutions go. Just duck? There's no duck? Duck. 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 <laughs> that's good. Someone call Nintendo. Yeah, you can use that. Moimoto. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's Zachary. <laughs> Alex, where can we find you on the uh, I'm at Twitter at yo uh, underscore Alex Basso. Maybe I'll. No, I'm gonna tweet more. Not maybe. Uh, I'm gonna tweet there you more. Go. New Year's resolution, Alex Basso. I'm gonna promise. tweet more. I just what gotta tweets. figure out what I should tweet about. Maybe like what I eat, right? Is that or maybe how good my drive is when I go places. Love it. People you're, love that. You're like is that what people want to hear? Your golf drive. That too. When I go oh, to the driving range, classic. Once every four years. And you can follow me at Rudy Basso, R-U-D-Y-B-A-S-S-O. Guys, be sure to tune in next month. We're going to be playing the classic RPG Neverwinter Nights, which is available on GOG.com and maybe Steam. I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. Check your local listings. Check your local listings. Yeah, maybe it's still at uh, Best Buy. I'll link it in the show notes. I highly doubt that. (laughs) (laughs) Funkoland? Yeah. (laughs) Funkoland. Wow. Callback. Electronic Boutique. They're all GameStop now. They're all GameStop. Not going to be at your GameStop. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful evening. Me? This was nice to yeah. do in person. And thank you for listening. Now, everybody. <laughs> See you later. Should I keep that in? It's pretty funny. Oh, it's gross. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Please keep it in. I thought something died. I, I, Vegas, I wish you had kept it in. <laughs> <laughs>